Aloha, Foilers. I'm Brian Finch, and this is the Foil the World podcast. Hello, 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 Foilers. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have no guest, just myself, and I'm going to be rambling it up. Uh, I was going to do a, and still am, this is the plan for today's episode, 2022 recap. I was going to let you know and kind of uh, outline what I was up to last year, where I went, my travels, kind of what I did in those stops, and then kind of the more pivotal, exciting moments of 2022 in the foil world and community. That is what I'm going to attempt to do here. And especially on that second part, you know, I didn't do a ton of research. I kind of been racking my brain because 2021 and 22 blend together a lot. Uh, you know, it's just a concept, obviously those dates, it's the same timeline just going on and on. And so, uh, I might mix up a little stuff, I might leave some stuff out, but, uh, here's my best of, to my memory. And when I scroll back a little bit and try and remember the cool stuff that went down and breakthrough moments. So I started 2022, uh, accepting a job from Freedom Foil Boards, and it was not just... Uh, my pro athlete contract I have with them. It was um, and is uh, to help with marketing, uh, research and development, product development, uh, those types of things, um, social media. And um, and so the first trip last year of 2022 was a team trip to La Ventana, Mexico. And this was an R&D trip, um, gain media uh, assets, uh, you know, kind of standard standard trip like that. Um, had a bunch of us, you know, seven, eight of us uh, went down to La Ventana and, you know, had a great time. We scored some great wind, um, some really good conditions. Uh, we stayed right in front of, of kind of like this little sandbar that if you get strong enough wind over enough time, build up some fetch, it breaks. Sort of like a point break, not quite, but it, it has kind of like a surfy sandbar that that dissipates into a bit of a downwind run. Uh, really cool little area. Um, and that's, you can also kind of end the run right where our hotel was, is sort of on a bluff. Looking over is like a multi-story hotel. I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was on a bluff overlooking the bay. Super beautiful. Um, and then you could drive, you know, several miles up to areas that were more exposed to the wind and do riding there, or if the direction was right, you could basically get dropped off and downwind back to um, back to where you start, you know, back to home base and scramble out the the little uh, beach in front of in front of our hotel. It was a really cool setup. In La Ventana, tried a bunch of um, different board shapes, especially a, a a wing board that's now called the Nugget, and some inflatable wings um, the freedom and the session were refined and developed down there on, on that trip or uh, major major influence you know that's where the entire team got to try it all kind of back to back and talk about those things and then um so after mexico i was home for about two weeks i think when i got invited to go to galveston texas 
on a tanker wave exploration um, by Jason and Pono of Foil Fever and that whole crew. I had poor timing, but I did score some beach break waves, but the hang was great. I got to see my friends from Hawaii um, travel in, get to know uh, my new friend, Dane Wilson, and super talented uh, video and photographer. And uh, I also got to meet uh, Roy and Mama Karen from Kaohi Leashes. Uh, those are sick, you know, foil brand leashes. Um, uh, super, super big, you know, assortment. You got to check them out. Um, and I uh, got to see some locals, meet some of the locals from Galveston, as well as um, a buddy that um, I had hung out with um, on Kauai, uh, my buddy Joe. So it was just, uh, it was a rat. It's like almost, I had like scored harder socially than in the waves, and that's totally okay. And, and maybe that's even better because it was a it was a great hang. Because I also got to see my buddy Eric, and uh, my buddies Eric and Lance from Texas, and it had been a while, so it was epic in that sense. I had to cut the the travel experience a little bit short, so I was only there for two days of tanker opportunity, I guess you would say. I but long story short, I got one kind of funky day out there that was still really cool, fun experience. It's really bizarre sitting out in the middle of a channel which feels like a like a pretty you know medium sized boat and then seeing giant shipping boats come steaming through the channel kicking up waves that you can actually ride and just how small it puts in perspective how small your boat is and then how tiny you are when you see are on a wave but then the really gnarly thing i never thought about was if you fall on a wave and the boat is following the guy that didn't fall, and he goes for a really long wave, and the boat keeps going, the big boat keeps going, the foiler keeps going, and you're sitting there freezing your ass off in a 3-2, short, <laughs> long arm, short leg, spring suit on your board, on your tiny little 27-liter board, in the middle of a Galveston shipping channel and you just see your friend foiling off into the horizon in the boat in a ship and then there's more ships coming from the other way other than that really cool experience <laughs> it was a little cold for uh for the wetsuit that I had and I still blame that on my friend Lance but Lance is the best anyhow I should have been more prepared. I, I, I needed a 4.3 and I had a 3.2 short. <laughs> and um, the wind was kind of on it the, the day I, I got to go. And um, there was still some fun waves, but it was kind of bumpy and you had to, had to be, be careful. A couple ships that we chased down and we got out and started right in their wake. They, I think they saw us and slowed down on purpose. And they're like, not today, amigos. And... and they slowed down to a point where they're not kicking out um, a rideable wake anymore. And, or coincidence, I don't know. <clears throat> um, the captains were telling us it, it could have been, uh, you know, that could have been one one reason among many others. But it was, uh, it was it's, it's a trippy experience. It's not as easy as, as you would think. You don't just go out and sit on the sandbar and just ships just pass by and pass by. They have to be big enough. They need to be carrying cargo you know they uh they have to be you know sitting at a low draft 
Um, they got to go the, the right parts of the channel in the right directions with the right winds or, you know, ideally no winds. Um, and then they have to not slow down, which um, for, you know, opposing traffic to other ships, some ships slow down, some don't. Um, the ones that kick up a lot of wake often do slow down. So there's that. You never know when they're going to slow down. And, and so it can be many hours between ships that are large enough to go that are worth it that'll kick up enough wake to ride behind it can be many hours apart so you don't just like sit in one spot and just riding left and right and left and right thinking you know ships big old ships are coming by constantly it's not like that you have to <clears throat> excuse me you have to ride out to different parts of the channel and uh, you never really quite know what you're going to get as well. So it's, there's there's an art to it. Um, the locals have it wired and took them many years. And so it's tricky. It's not it's it's interesting because it's not a place you can just show up and and kill it. You know, <laughs> it's it's uh, there's an art form there. It's tricky and it's fucking creepy sitting out in the middle of the channel and in a shipping lane and like have your like buddy foil away and your your boat drive away away from you to the horizon you can't even see him you know that's not recommended anyway i'm, I'm over it i'm over it i just talked it out this was therapy uh, uh we actually kind of scored on the beach breaks uh, you know there were stormy sessions too and a couple offshore really groomed fun sessions um out by the pier um so, you know, they were great. I was on the wrong gear. I brought the wrong stuff. I had like a extra long mast for the uh for the tanker waves and I, I didn't bring a I'm dumb. I didn't bring a shorter mast for the for the beach breaks and I was kinda of struggling a little bit. Wasn't used to it. And I was a little bit annoyed at myself. Um but there was there was good waves. We got we were uh we were fortunate, you know. And when I left the rest of the crew, I, I believe they continued to score some really fun waves. And and immediately after I left, it was the day they scored the the epic uh, oil sleek glass um, tanker day. And I guess a bunch of good timing with some good ships and stoked for them. Uh, so after that, I think it, my next trip was out to real water sports in the Outer Banks. Um, got to meet Matt Nuzzo, um, see his and his, his uh, business partners, surf shop, hotel, um, learning center, training center, um, just insane setup, really cool. A warehouse, like, um, yeah, it's, it's an incre incredible setup they have there. It's in all, basically an all in-house, start to finish, surf surfing, wind sport, foiling training center and um and uh online you know marketplace pretty wild they have a really amazing product and super enthused awesome workers some of which i had met um before visiting physically i had met them just randomly traveling around um and, like dawson <laughs> and uh it's just a, a very cool place and a company company i really like i really like matt nuzzo is a very straightforward um very cool guy um so that was a great trip i really enjoyed that that was uh, a business trip for freedom um but uh it felt it felt like a surf trip it was it was fun we did 
I was there with my buddy Blaine, and uh, we scored a couple of really fun downwind days um, on the on the ocean side. Uh, the surf was kind of funky, kind of small, but we uh, we did have a couple of really fun downwind runs. So after the Outer Banks trip, um, then I went to California, and this was a dagger, um, which is the Freedom Foil Board's uh, SUP downwinder board. This was a dagger R&D trip, and I met uh, Kyle out there and some of uh, our other team members that live locally in Southern California, Brady Hurley, and we tested out these boards, the concepts, the holes, rails, you know, tails, liftoff ability, paddling ability of a bunch of different boards, and, and we're, we're at this point, um, this was before summer, so we're trying to get some stuff built with various concepts ready for, you know, the summer season to do some heavier testing later in Hood River. Um, And this is also where I first started refining the Foil the World Pro um, that uh, is yet to release to market. But um, right now we've been going through different build qualities, different um, building materials, and just trying to make it super solid but the new shape I'm, I'm really excited about after california uh, i brought home a prototype dagger and it's pretty small to learn on it's it's not the easiest board to ride it's a 6.2 by um by 22 and a half inches i'm forgetting the leaderage this is a prototype um and so i i from california i brought it home to florida to train and get ready for our hood river trip and fill it out, but we never really had a cranking good downwind day, and we had a couple medium like side, side onshore side day wind days that I went out and just tortured myself with, and couldn't get on foil and couldn't even aim downwind, which is getting blown towards the beach the whole time. Very frustrating. Um, and then so when I did get to Hood River, I didn't have much skills built up. Um, to really test the theories and definitely had to rely on the guys that already had the sub skills and that were really good at popping up and writing. That trip, I only tried my sub a handful of times. That was in July, I believe. And, and yeah, so I just went to, you know, prone and we had a jet ski there. <laughs> I was, I was already feeling super spoiled. So just grabbed the rope and, and, uh, proned it and winged and did all my other stuff. And it was not putting in the, didn't want to waste the time. It was my first trip to Hood River and I didn't want to like be learning right there. I just wanted to be enjoying. And so I didn't ride the, that small dagger all that much. I, I, it was obvious I didn't have the, uh, the skills yet. And so after that 10 day trip with the whole team, which was a blast and we tested a bunch of equipment and foils and some other new foils, um, worked insane. I'm really stoked. Um, so yeah, headed back to Florida from the first trip in Hood River in, in July and, you know, I kept trying to ride this up, still not great conditions. Um, but I did have a lot of prone days trying the new freedom foil, <clears throat> excuse me, the freedom foils, uh, earlier, um, new sized prototype wings, the Halcyons and a series called the Uno, and um, and then so I went back to Hood River for the AWSI trip, 
and our first round of production daggers, which were longer and thinner, more narrow than the, than our original prototypes. And so first session, first and only session while I was there, I snuck away and um, went out to the gorge and I did get up first tries on a longer, thinner board. It felt a lot more stable than my 6.2. Um, the 19-inch by 7.0 felt much more stable than my 6.2 by 22.5 board and was easier to stroke into waves, and I popped up. I didn't have very long rides because I didn't, I was not very used to that board or the foil I was on and kind of over-amping, just really trying too hard. <laughs> um, so I didn't get a very super long rides. It wasn't a very long session, but I did pop up several times, and I knew it was like, okay, the shape works much better than the prototype. I can super confirm now. <laughs> um, and so... After that trip, uh, I came home for a little while, and then I was off to Kauai for um, a couple weeks where I was doing caretaking, and I did a bunch of, um, uh, you know, more R&D stuff, uh, boards and wings and foils for, for, uh, for Freedom Foil boards. And then I came back to North Florida here again, and I guess my last little trip was just a quick uh, three-hour drive south to do a little shoot in Melbourne Beach, Florida, on the Space Coast with that crew down there, super good crew, and, and meet up with uh, Gunther Oka. And that wrapped up um, basically my um, my travel year and, and kind of broad outline of, of what I did in 2022. And I feel like I'm forgetting a thing or two here, and I most likely am, but uh, it was fun. It was a good, good year. I learned a lot, um, and I feel like we made a lot of progress at work. Um, and it was, it was exciting. It was a good, good year, and and so uh, twenty twenty three is shaping up to very similar, same, same, but different. So we'll see how this this year goes. So I'm gonna attempt to recap twenty twenty two, and I don't want the foil community to get mad at me because. I'm not putting this in order in any order of importance and I'm widely admitting that I already forgot something guaranteed. And, and so not to take this too serious people, but these are just kind of some of the moments that stuck out in my mind the most in 2022 and in the whole foil community. Um, the first is I would call 2022. That was the, the year of the downwind sub for sure. It was, I think it's most explosive year uh it brought the most people in most credibility and hands down uh you know dave kalama sp spurring this mo this movement on through you know years of previous hard work um r d and just you know relentless uh, pursuit but his boards you know the the barracuda uh, now of recent recent popularity but something dave's been doing for a while with the hand paddles people realizing oh my gosh how easy it is you know grab a long a long sup and hand paddles and just crank crank into downwind bumps on your knees um but uh you know the uh voyager foiler crew on instagram um brought a lot of eyes to the sport for sure helped the sport grow in 2022 and and really crews from you know all over the world all over the states you know the all the different you know maui crews 
the cruising in California, LA zones, um, Europe, Australia, those guys are crushing and sending super hard. Uh, Tahiti, you know, I, I'm not trying to name everyone because I'm going to forget someone for sure. But yeah, there's just crew, crews from all over the place, uh, really sending sending the downwind and opening it up, and, um, encouraging more people to get into it. And then, you know, Dave's breakthrough with the, with, with the more accessible, easier to pop up boards and many companies and people following in suit. And then seeing now kind of a division in skilled, really, the higher skilled sub people versus, you know, kind of everyone else and their equipment and how they're kind of reverting back to a little bit shorter again, um, but staying narrow and just having those skills and balance to, to command the smaller boards, but then being more stoked when they're up on foil because they can whip them around easier. Interesting, but yeah, that's probably the biggest, most influent, influential thing in my eyes, at least in my echo chamber, in my little bubble on Instagram was the downwinding. I think that really um, is the 2022's biggest event. Um, another one I can think of is, uh, I guess I would, how do I say that? I, Noah Flegel and his crazy spin that I don't know, I forget what it's called, the backflip, backflip roll all in one. Um, and then just him and Austin Tovey and even Gunther Oka and these guys, uh, these pro wakeboarders with their insane aerial skills and spins and tricks and just body awareness and, and just athleticism in general, bringing their expertise behind the boat, up on the foil behind the boat and then into the surf and making, um, you know, a bunch of world firsts on the wave face, you know, backflips and spins and just crazy stuff, man. Um, that was definitely, you know, started in 2021 for sure, but I think it really solidified and opened people's um, eyes in 2022. Um, I think that's where, you know, the, the branding iron was lifted. The smoke sizzled away and they left their mark, you know. Um what else can we talk about? Um, not that I, you know, I do have a list here. I'm trying to read from. Um, oh, stomping a sup up on the foil with not even a wave. Like all the different sup starts and then ending it off with, with not even paddling and just slowly hopping and building momentum. And, and, uh, and getting a, an entire f sup rig up on foil. That's mind-bending. That, that's a pivotal moment and just, I think, helped a lot of people reorganize their, their beliefs on what's possible. And I think that was uh, Jeremy Riggs that did that first. I know him and Kalam were playing around and building off each other's kind of little breakthroughs from, from what I remember. But yeah, I think that was uh, Jeremy Riggs at Paddle with Riggs. I think it was the first first to do, dude to pull that off. Uh, regardless, it's so wild. So another like movement, breakout movement in 2022, I would say are the bungee foilers, the bungee slash river foilers. Those guys are ripping. That's a, you know, they're kind of like, half bungee foil, half dark, dock start crew. Um, 
One guy especially comes to mind uh, from Germany, Lucas uh, Schuler, I think. His Instagram is at foil only. And dude, those him and his boys are they're dedicated, man. It looks freezing year round. <laughs> and they're doing a bunch of, you know, river river uh bungee dock start stuff, you know, a bunch of flat water stuff and now breaking out the sup and 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 learning how to, you know, flat water start a sup because that's what they got, flat water over in some lake and river in Germany somewhere all over the place. But they get really creative. Um, they build a bunch of, you know, dock start contraptions. They got a, just like I say, a whole frothy crew. And it's really cool to see, uh, just to see their little like niche in a very niche sport to begin with evolve and, and, and be ripping and having like the greatest of times. And they're not anywhere close to an ocean from what it looks like. And on that same kind of wild, eccentric foiling theme, um, the, you know, I, I know, I know Matt did this, uh, Matt Costa from Foil Me Harder. I think he did this in 2021 too, but his like boogie foiling into unbroken bumps in downwinding and then, st- you know, st- standing up, cranking into bumps on his prone foil board, wearing, boogie fins and cranking up on the foil and then standing up and riding down windows is pretty cool. That doesn't get enough recognition. I've been threatening to do it forever. I finally have the fins, but I have yet to want to, you know, do that on a good downwind day, but I need to, I, I want to, but I, I don't want to, you know, mess up. If, if I had wind every day, it would be different, but it's just the downwinders have been so sparse and, frankly shitty for a while now starving for some good downwind action so that's my excuse for that but it's going to go down in 2023 for me for sure but that is uh another one of those kind of pivotal standout kind of moments that were really creative and and there's something there to to be said something that is certainly revolutionary breakthrough whether you like it or not is the new takuma self-toe device and it looks kind of like a mini jet ski and it yanks you up on the foil and then it follows you on your uh during and after your ride and comes pick you up offers you the rope and you can tow back out and obviously you can't use it in a crowd uh well you can but you could probably kill somebody um and you know it's for using in not top to bottom type waves nice you know nice rollers kind of like sup waves or uh you know towing waves but that are you know safe not super you know i can't see that thing wanting to go over the falls <laughs> you know that machine and it's not expensive so there's a specific type of wave and use wave and use case for it but i mean pretty incredible pretty incredible like it or not it's uh pretty astounding that you can buy you know a one person's autonomous freaking jet ski tow partner thing all in one pretty rad um definitely breakthrough action this year and we can kind of couple that with um just how good the e-foils are getting they're getting more more efficient their batteries are lasting longer and getting lighter the props are the folding props are gliding better um you know in five years it's going to be absolutely bonkers what you know, the e-foil 
systems are, are going to be like. Let's see. I think another breakthrough kind of cool thing happened in 2022 are um, athletes getting paid. You know, they're getting contracts and they're getting paid, um, you know, salaries to foil and associate with brands, which um, is just, you know, it's beautiful for the sport and bring more athletes to the fo- sport. Uh, one thing we haven't quite seen yet in 2022, and I think it's only a matter of time, are like the younger super talented athletes, multi-sport athletes. We've got a few already um, kind of leading the pack now as it is, you know. And But soon I think we're going to see just the open floodgate deluge of these younger, super talented af- uh, foil athletes that just take over the sport and show us how it's really done, you know. Off to the races for them. I can imagine that's coming soon um, in the next few years for sure as as uh, as the sport starts to grow and it starts to pay and there's, you know, there's more contests and all that kind of stuff. And then it's going to fractionalize, you know, into racers, um, you know, the, uh, Olympics coming and supposedly going to have a a foiling element in it. And in the future, future, I'm sure we'll see different disciplines of, um, of foiling in the Olympics. But, uh, you know, you have your free surfer shredder foilers, your contest guys, big waves and you know it's already kind of broken down like that but i think that'll be um you know that'll just grow in the future and it's pretty cool that there's you know uh, i don't know how many but there's there's a good amount that i know of of um foil athletes getting paid to foil um and especially in this crummy economy that we're in right now so promising i would say for the future of of foiling right now that we're seeing that kind of growth already um, another breakthrough type thing in sort of the same topic, there is, um, the rumor I hear that winged, wing, winging will be, um, in the Olympics in, in the future, in the near future, possibly the next Olympics. And when I looked it up quickly and I didn't really finish reading about this, but what I thought saw was that windsurfers, uh, in the windsurfing divisions, those people will have to have foils attached to their board, something like that. It was worded weird, but yo, let me know. Drop in the comments. Set me straight here. Uh, another awesome thing um, that that happened this year, and this is sort of uh, this relates back to being the, the year of the sup. Actually, is that you know races started again in 2022 that were shut down in 2020 and 2021. Um, I think that was a beautiful shift back to having, you know, a, a flux of contests in a bunch of different uh, foiling disciplines. Um, Foil Fever had its second contest, and I think that's in, you know, shut down for two years. So that was really cool to see happen again on the east side of um, of Kauai. And they had bombing waves and good, great, you know, courageous performances. And that was an awesome contest. And Really cool to see that up and running again in, in contests in general. It's a great shift for 2022. Um, one thing I noticed and I'm curious about are did wing did the winging wing trip tricks? I can't even say it. Handheld winging in the wing world, winging tour, freestyle. Did those tricks top out in 2022? I feel like I haven't seen a lot of new stuff. It uh, escalated quickly. 
before you knew it, like everyone could do a backflip and a backflip with a spin in it. And then um, different variations. I see 720s and stuff, uh, but is are we running out of tricks already in, in the winging? I'm curious. I can't do nearly half of that, the new stuff. But it, in my uneducated eye there, it seems as if those tricks are kind of topping out. And so I'm really curious. Let me know what you think. Um, that's kind of been my impression as of late. Another, let's see, shift I would say is that pump foil community growing so big. And we did kind of talk about this. It's very similar and overlaps with the bungee foilers and yeah, the bungee bridge foiler type type folks out there um, worldwide. But yeah, just how big the pump foil community in general is. People living out, you know, away from the ocean and they're taking their foils and just having, you know, their time of their lives and getting insane exercise. Um, and I just see them out there in the worst conditions too, like icy and freezing and they're out there dock starting and just the number of new contraptions like dock starting contraptions I've seen made in 2022 is really entertaining, really fun to see. Um, um, and then like the pogo guy, gosh, give me a second. I got to find this guy's Instagram cause I've posted him a couple of times. It just cracks me up and it's, it's cool to see. Okay. I had to look up his handle cause it's Benji Frianto official at Benji Frianto official. And I got to say when I post this pogo foiler, <laughs> scooter foiler, People freak out. It's just so fun how upset some people get about this dude out there just having fun, being creative, using the foil in a very, you know, creative, odd way. Um, also reminds me of the, the, uh, the Boyer, Boyer, man, how do you say them? The, uh, the Boyer brothers, B-O-U-Y-E-R, um, Cam and Julian Boyer or, or Juju Cams is what they're called on, on YouTube, Juju Cams. And, and they have their um, at Cam. Shit, I'm messing this up bad. Okay, it's at Julian Boyer, J-U-L-I-N-B-O-U-Y-E-R. And the other brother is at Cam, C-A-M-9-F-Z, I believe. Can you read my own note there? These guys rip and they do a lot of like funny, creative, foiling themed YouTube videos and beyond. And Julian, maybe both of them, but definitely Julian um, does really well on the winging, uh, the wing foil world tour. Uh, they both rip, charge and very entertaining, but they, they did a, a scooter foil um, video that just cracks me up. I posted on Foil the World's Instagram. And they're just sending it, sending backflips and just being goofy and hilarious. And that was another 2022 standout, the pump foil community and the scooter pump foiler dudes and just how funny that is. You know, another flat water pump foil legend is uh, Wake Thief, at Wake Thief on Instagram and Wake Thief on and, uh, YouTube. He's YouTube uh, channel smashes it and he puts out some great well thought out videos and super well done reviews gotta check them out 
but that's another like flat water movement leader. And it's a bigger community than ever really realized when I looked, looked into it a bit. So I would say my favorite moment, favorite uh, Instagram video moment of the year was of my uh, friend from Maui, uh, Christian, with his daughter. Christian's Instagram account and is great is at one Maui day on Instagram. Um, and I just love the, the video of him uh, wing foiling with his daughter on the same board. And she's, you know, she's looks like she's seven or something like that, seven, eight years old. And they're having the time of their life and they're both, you know, standing feet, feet to feet, standing up together. And as a dad of an awesome daughter myself, um, it's just, I, I just love that video. It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite videos of 2022. Um, and so what do I see happening in 2023? Hmm. Tough, tough, tough. That's kind of a short, it's a long time in foiling, but we've done so much in such a short time. It feels like the, per, the, uh, rate of, um, the rate of ingenuity or the rate of technology out of foiling might, might, that curve might be slowing down a little bit. Um, but I would definitely say, like I think I mentioned earlier, was, you know, e-foiling and how fast and the room to grow in that aspect. And then, you know, there, I think we're kind of stuck a little bit on getting enough drive, having a small enough, fast enough foil, but still having it big enough to produce great amount of control and drive for bigger waves. And... I'm like rolling my eyes at myself right now because I'm in Florida and I'm not foiling bigger waves and I wasn't foiling a ton of like big solid waves in Kauai when I was living there. It was tougher to get the the tow partner going, but had, you know, several days, you know, solid days and and there is that remember having that feeling of having enough lift or having too much lift versus, you know, uh, um, not enough drive and and you know, so you're going back to longer fuses, and and you don't want too short of a front wingspan, and you don't want too small of a tail, but you don't want too big of a tail, giving you a bunch of lift. And anyway, that's the same game of foiling at any size is it's all balance and and um, and diminishing returns, you know. But so that's that. Uh, in that aspect, uh, I, I feel like there that's something to be solved and resolved i hope some of the foiler big wave psychochargers figure that out this this uh this winter um let's see i would say we're probably gonna see more brands popping up um and then i think by the end of or middle of 2024 i think we'll see some brands failing some newer brands failing in in it but uh let's see that's 2024 stuff 2023 um I don't know. I think the strapless movement for sure is going to, I think it has a uh, confidence behind it in uh, people wanting to be more pure in their foiling and do all their maneuvers without straps. And so I think we'll see a lot more of that. And that was, that's being pushed hardcore by, by Noah Flegel and Austin Tovey and the likes and i've seen you know same dudes the wake dudes you know gunther oka and as well as mateo l and kane de wild 
And I know there's more folks out there doing six strapless foil airs right now that I'm blanking on, but they're out there. But uh, I I would say more of that for sure. Um, greater adaption and and if 2022 is the year of the downwinder, 2023 is going to be absolute downwinder maximus, probably the peak the peak popularity of the sport for, you know, time to come. That's, uh, that's what I see happening also in 2023. And for me, uh, a couple of the same trips to repeat as I did last year. Uh, not sure about Mexico, but, um, definitely, um, Cali, probably the outer banks again and hood river with all certainty. Um, trying to figure out how to stay, Hood River all summer long. I really want to put in a bunch more time there and and enjoy that. Um, need to find places to stay that are affordable. That's the problem with Hood River. Problem with anywhere really cool. Um, so thank you very much for for tuning in for this ramble sesh, for this 2022 recap and small 2020 2023 predictions. Um, and, you know, this episode is brought to you by Real Water Sports. Use affiliate code FOILTHEWORLD at checkout, and you get an upgraded shipping with no extra cost to you. And I get a little support for the show for it, and everybody's happy. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I could really use a like and a subscribe, but more than that, a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. Thank you very much for making it this far and foil the world. Mm-hmm.